0: Welcome to the Hot Ticket Podcast. This is episode 174. On this episode, we break down the controversial, sweet-tipped, not-sweet-tipped Dunbarton Tobacco & Trust Sober Mesa Crème Blue. So Chris and I are obviously going to get into a discussion around whether or not we believe that's true and also get into the characteristics of the cigar that we like and that we don't like and give it, of course, its overall rating. So without further ado, let's get into it. Those two, yowzers! They'll be best friends in no time,
1: no doubt. We're all, we're already getting getting rid of a cat here. Really? Yeah. Her name's Luna. She um she's a black cat. She's a a rescue, and uh, um Kelsey kept her just because she found her uh, roaming the sides of the street. Yeah. In Burlington, Kentucky. Well, not only am I allergic. But we're starting to maybe think that even Sutton is. Yeah. And on top of that, Luna has been eating all of Sutton's rubber binkies and just (laughs) chewed through the hose that is responsible for keeping suction so that Kelsey can do her electric breast pump. So now she can't even use that because the cat literally got inside of a bag and shredded the cords. That's insane.
0: Yeah, you got to get rid of that
1: cat. Yeah. Now the kids are upset, and I'm like, guys, it's either us or her, you know? You want to keep her? You can live out in the wilderness with her in this house.
0: Yeah. Dude, I mean, you you know my thoughts about cats anyway, so. Yeah, I know.
1: Well, they're Satan's army. They're part of Satan's army.
0: Yeah. And they're also, like, beloved by Egyptian people. What have Egyptian people ever done? Oh, you built you built a structure that is like, although cool to see, is architecturally really dumb. Impractical. Super impractical. Like it's like, Damn. oh, the pyramids are ahead of their time. I was like, no, I'd argue that I'd argue that they just I don't know. They they look ridiculous. Let me just put it that yeah. way. They look yeah. ridi- You know what they look like? You know what a pyramid looks like? Do you remember um the first Laura Croft game that came out mm-hmm. for like the first yep, PlayStation PlayStation. Yeah. So look at Laura Croft's tits. Oh yeah. In the game. They just look oh. like pyramids. Pyramids are low
1: poly tits. I yeah. get you. Low poly tits. There's like, so if you were a visitor, like if you were an alien and you were coming to this planet, you were like, I see a bunch of low poly tits in the area of this planet.
0: Yeah. And, and, no, like, and nobody wants to see that. Am I right?
1: They're gods, it's, it's Mother Earth's nipples. That's what people are saying <laughs> from space. Mother Earth's nipples.
0: Yeah, they look, they look ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, no, no, nobody likes a pyramid. Like, the only reason we get all, like, crazy about it, I think, honestly, it's just because they're in the desert. Which, by the way, I didn't realize this, but there's, like, a set of three pyramids, and I forget what the city's called. I'm actually, I started a Netflix documentary about them uncovering certain tombs. Emotep. Is that what it is?
1: I don't know. I think I got that from the movie The Mummy with Brendan Fraser.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think that's it. But I like where you're going with it. Um, <laughs> but so they're un- they've are they uncovered a series of like, and it like some, I forget who the guy was, like some wealthy guy and he built a tomb and it's ginormous and they just keep uncovering mummies down in this tomb. Anyway, what it showed was, and I didn't realize this, where the tomb is and where the bodies are being uncovered is in mm-hmm. the desert. But literally right next to it is, like, this fucking tropical, beautiful oasis. It literally, the tropical, beautiful oasis, which is, like, palm trees and grass and green, is so beautiful. And it ends, and then literally as it ends, there's no transition. It's just desert. It's, like, tree line and then desert as far as the eye can see. It's crazy. It's it's so weird.
1: Yeah, they used to say back in the day, like, well before our, like, intellectual minds actually could start cataloging history (laughs) um that the sahara was a very lush forest it it was full of greenery and plants that's crazy yeah yeah like i
0: I wish i wish um i wish they depicted that more in terms of like egypt because every time i think about it i'm like well who the fuck wants to go to the desert but literally like right next to where they were at is where all the city is and it's all like the city life and it's beautiful, you know, palm trees. It's really green. It's very tropical. And I was like, why don't you ever hear about that part of Egypt? I you he hear about these stupid fucking pyramids that were built on the backs of slaves, by the way. You know, That's like, come true. on. That's true. You know, you you know what? <laughs> any Here's monument built in the United States on the back of slaves is being demonized. Here we are in Egypt we can- where they literally how many slaves did they have? I mean. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands, but we keep those pyramids erect, don't we?
1: I feel like we could probably build a modern day pyramid because we still have slavery in this country, or Corey. And you know what it's called? They're called union workers. I feel like you know they they you would think that they're not slaves, but union workers are slaves.
0: Yeah, but isn't a modern pyramid technically like the Louvre in
1: France? Hmm. Yeah, we got a one up it it's right. A, it's
0: like, that's it's so just a big. A. Gl- it's a glass pyramid.
1: Well, you know, we could say that that's so passe, right? Like sure, pyramids sure. five thousand years ago. That's so old school. We're gonna do something different, and we're gonna build a rhombus that floats in the sky, held by, um. Cables and magnets. I don't know. I'm just trying to be inventive here because I feel like we do have to one up the Egyptians. But uh, literally, what you just said was like it the Apple, isn't it the Apple <laughs> corporate headquarters? Isn't is it a rhombus? It, is it a rhombus? We can let so. hmm. It might be a rhombus. <laughs> Let's see. Apple's headquarters. <laughs> I think it might be actually.
0: It, wait, what is the what is um oh never mind <laughs> i was gonna ask a really stupid question <laughs> i was gonna say what's the pentagon <laughs> <laughs> i'm so
1: glad you did not I answered.
0: Ask. i answered my own question in my head and i was like oh boy that would have been <laughs> that would have been the, terrible
1: <laughs> <it's the> pentagon <laughs>
0: Oh, that would have been so bad. No, Apples Headquarters is a giant circle. (laughs) Oh, okay. It's one giant fucking circle. Oh, okay. Hang tight real quick. Hang tight. Let's see. Let's see if we can view the circle.
1: Oh, yeah. I want to see it. There you go. Do you see it? Is that not a rhombus? Is a rhombus a circle? I I think it's like
0: a donut. I think a rhombus is a donut. Oh, I don't. I never knew what a rhombus was. I just assumed it had sides.
1: Yeah, I think it's a rhombus. I think it's. Let, let me look up rhombus. Because uh, I could be totally wrong. Which would be hilarious if you were. Oh yeah, I'm way off. Oh yeah, <laughs> rhombus. <laughs> a rhombus is actually a shape that has parallel sides. Is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Yeah, we were way off. Sure it is. It's like a parallelogram. It's like a diamond. Am
0: I weird in thinking like, okay, so this is Apple's corporate building. Am I weird in thinking that's like highly inefficient in terms of like building space? I mean, it looks like the courtyard in the middle is obviously used for something, but it just seems. It doesn't seem as efficient and as effective in terms of building design. It's almost like we have so much money. We're going to build this thing, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's like a, a
1: good building. Yeah, I mean it is a. It it does seem mildly a waste of property. Yeah, that's what I'm
0: thinking. They built so far out. You know what I mean? It seems it just seems kind of weird. And it's like,
1: hey, everybody, during lunch you can go out to the park. And there's like two people that go to the fucking. And then also
0: it begs the question: How do you expand it? Mm. Do you make another ring around it or a ring inside? You can only go so far inside, so you'd have to like a tree. You can't build up on this building. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you can't add another level to it. Although it looks like it's very large. I'm not sure that the lever outgrow it,
1: but. Yeah. So it's like it would have to get like another ring like a tree does. Also,
0: are you slightly concerned as I am that it's not in the shape of an apple?
1: I mean, they oh. do so
0: much for the branding. They're like, we're just make a giant circle.
1: Dude, a giant 3D apple building would be dope. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do that.
0: Like, especially from a branding perspective, Apple is on everything. That Apple
1: icon is literally on every single thing they touch. Like, if I was an alien visiting planets, that would be one of my main attractions I would check out. It's like, dude, they have like a friggin' thousand foot high <laughs> apple. Yeah. Well, what's, an, what's an apple? Well, an apple is, a, is, is, well, it's a it's an earth fruit, but... They've got these things called apples And they made a really fucking big one it's an Out of <laughs> metal
0: <laughs> You say it's an earth fruit <laughs> Yeah yeah. It's kind of strange I really honestly I like it and then I don't like it It looks just like a giant, a giant wheel Or a giant yeah. tire Yeah, I'm sure it's dope
1: inside I think what we've learned today Corey Is you don't know geometry And nope. I don't know geometry We sure don't because rhombus sure is it. not what I thought in my head. Uh,
0: I mean, yeah, no. <laughs> I and enough. and uh I almost walked over the cliff with the whole Pentagon thing. <laughs> I'm, glad, <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't. Who else has some like dope corporate headquarters? I've seen Best I've been to Best Buy's corporate headquarters. Theirs is actually pretty sweet. Um it's not as like it's not nearly as um I would say modern ish. Uh, yeah, as apples, but it is kind of cool because it's like a large campus. Let's see if I can find a picture. Of it. It's actually I mean, not. I, it's actually pretty dope.
1: There, there's a lot of cool shit out there. Like if you've ever like looked at photos from like Dubai. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. They're that, just sweet. They've got some crazy architectural marvels. When you look I,
0: at this one, and you look at Best Buy, like overhead, I, I, dude, I've driven past this place so many times. I've been there. Oh once. my god!
1: I'm looking at
0: a building. It looks like so. There's four wings that come off, but they're each connected by corridors. Obviously, because it's in Minnesota. But
1: yeah. there's literally building. So the, the, <laughs> I found an article. Ten cool buildings shaped like their company's products. Number one, drive-through giant donuts functions as a bakery. <laughs> but it is a large donut as you walk in it. That's funny. I saw a giant fish one somewhere. Where is it? There's a shoe. Get your flats fixed in Big Oxford Shoe. Big shoe repair, Bakersfield, California. And you walk into a shoe. That's so weird. Scientists develop aquaculture in the belly of a giant metal fish. National Fisheries Development Office in India. It literally looks like a giant fish. It's a building.
0: Oh, that's weird. That's kind of cool, though.
1: Yeah. Oh, this is one we would have to go to if we were ever out of the country, bro. Get a buzz inside of an oversized whiskey barrel at Tanue Bistro and Bar, Okinawa, Japan. That'd be dope. That would be sweet.
0: That'd be really cool. So, the Digital Trends has the top coolest corporate headquarters in the world ranked. Number 10 is see we'll count down number 10 number 10 is the bank of china tower which looks just like a big finger (laughs) what it looks like it's pointing pointing to the heavens it's it's the shape it's it's a more geometric a sharper geometrical pattern than the um than the foam
1: fingers but it's essentially
0: one giant foam finger yeah
1: tell me if i don't have that angle and everything right yeah you got it right
0: um, next Hearst tower, New York city. I didn't even know that was a thing, but that looks kind of cool. And it's like I built like on an older building. So it looks like they actually have oh, two cool. buildings of, uh, different time periods built onto yeah. each other, which is kind of cool. Nike world headquarters. I've never even seen that. It looks like a giant campus. Yeah. That's the only thing sustaining Beaverton, Oregon, let's be real. Um, Then you have the Googleplex, which, yeah, I've heard that's pretty dope. Inside of it, I'm sure, is amazing. But, yeah, another campus style, which is becoming more and more popular. But Like, people are building out than up. Like, Nationwide, which is headquartered in Columbus, they used to have the tall building downtown that they've occupied for such a long time. And then they finally built a campus that's out in Mm. the suburbs. So, everyone's going to that campus style, which is kind of weird. What is this? Okay. Chapman? Oh, that's kind of cool. Just a big, a big oh, bubble.
1: Side note, bro. looks like a snot bubble. It does. I was looking into something, and I I need your opinion on it. Mm-hmm. I can buy a clear igloo to put in my backyard to serve as an outdoor smoking area. Can you? Yeah, and they're like 1200 bucks. So you're just going to put an igloo out back? Sure as fuck
0: will. Why don't you just build an igloo? Or why don't you use what you have available to you in terms of geothermal and just dig down into the ground and just jump in the hole?
1: Maybe I could make a mud one. Can you make mud glues? Yeah,
0: of course. It's insulated. Yeah. I would argue it would work better than an igloo that's
1: made out of ice. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, you you can buy these like... Your igloos like they're like they're making these like pop-up tents now, like in some downtown cities for outdoor seating. Yeah because of all COVID and everything. So people are snagging up these fucking clear igloos. Yeah, igloo are, like, pop-up up of, tent. Yeah.
0: So that's what you were thinking about doing? Yep. Why don't you just get one of those uh thermal ice shelters? Like Cabela sells those for ice fishing. You thermal? could just put that in the backyard. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, they have the the one man and two man little ice shelters, dude. If they let me in my house, I would do that because you can just put a space heater in it, and they're super insulated.
1: Oh yeah, in Kentucky they wouldn't say shit. No, they would. That's
0: par for the course. They'd be like, "Oh my god, you got them one there from Cabela's? That's a real nice one." Yeah, You're <laughs> like you'd course. be you'd be fucking classy as shit
1: like, son, I don't think you understand. The river's about 200 yards that way. Why are you fishing here in the mud? (laughs) Mud skippers, Bob. Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) Dude, seriously, you could get one of those. I mean, they they are thermal. Like, they are meant to keep cold out and keep heat in. And the only thing you need is like a small, small, small heater. Like a small heater. Like, honestly, dude, I'd put one out. I would
1: for sure put one out back. Dude, wouldn't it be sweet, man? I'd love that.
0: Oh, let's see if I can find one. Yeah, thermal ice fishing tent. I would if just like one. like a. I want like a one-person one. I don't yeah. want anything crazy. I don't want to fucking be harboring like a whole slew of people. I just want one that I can sit inside of and maybe one other
1: person. I wonder if we could wear them like a set of trousers to where if we want to get up and move it, we could. <laughs> you know, like, Why not just get know, waiters? You know, like what those fucking clowns wear? You like basically like hula hoop pants. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Well, on top is your igloo. And when you're ready, you just sit down, let it touch the ground, you get out of the the centerpiece, if that makes sense. Then you you got your fucking pop up tent wherever you want to do it.
0: Here, here's one. Check this out. Um, You can get these in. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, two biohazard tent. It does. (laughs) It It looks like you get fucking hosed off before you get Ebola. Um, you have, yeah. So you have a two to three man and then you have a six man. It's actually not a bad price, man. 200 bucks for a two to three man.
1: Does it have a hole in the top? Uh, it's got a little, a little nipple up there. I don't know what it is, but yeah, these are are technically thermal. Is not suffocating to death on my own smoke. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I
0: mean, they have vent pouches. There's one right there.
1: Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. The last one I looked at too had a vent
0: pouch, which would be, did actually be pretty dope. I mean, I don't know why I haven't thought about that before. Like, I could have easily done that at the the last house. Yeah, just I've been doing thermal t- Because, you, you, look, it looks like it collapses really easy, too. Like, it doesn't look like... Like, if you wanted to pop it up, I'm sure it goes up really fast. I bet oh, it does yeah, not yeah. take a long time to to, to erect the tent. Mm, they erect. We could get a really big one, too, though. We could fit a whole slew of people in there. One space heater and just, just... Oh, man, yeah. the Fucking... COVID we'll city inside these tents.
1: Wherever we want to go.
0: Yeah, dude. Oh, man. This one's really cool. It's called the clam. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. it looks like a giant vagina.
1: Yep. I like to nestle in a good clam. What about you, bro? Yep. A
0: little clam chowder. <laughs> dude, this one's really dope. They look like they're super easy to get, like, to, to put up and put down. I mean, they're mobile because they're ice fishing tents. So they're not yeah. necessarily stationary, but it's like if you could. Get them on the ground and just put a little space heater in there. Dude, you'd be so
1: toasty. I would be totally game to do that. I feel like it'd be so much fun if I wanted to smoke outdoors. Dude, it would be but sweet. Not, but not be underneath a awning or some type of fucking... Plus, protected from the elements.
0: Yeah, exactly. Dude, there's some really dope ones. Like, really, really cool. Holy shit, man. We should really seriously consider this. I've, I have been. I'm totally game. <sighs>
1: Man, that'd be a lot of fun, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah. You could podcast from one of these too.
1: Like, where do you want to smoke today? It's like, I don't know. I was thinking about the river.
0: I would do it. I mean, I would take that somewhere and just do it, you're right. Mobile lounge, baby. Yeah. We go all over the place. Just pack yeah. that bad boy up and just head to the woods. Yep. And then we could do um we could give clues to people. For for coordinates, for latitude and longitude,
1: like geocaching.
0: So they would have yes, similar to that. So they'd have to find us, and then we would already be at the tent. So only if you can crack the code of our longitude and latitude, our exact coordinates, can you actually join the party.
1: I feel like we should do some coded codex thing where they we give them a codex, but we we give them just random jargon, and they gotta fucking basically figure it out. Almost like in the movie The Christmas Story, like make sure to drink your Ovaltine mm-hmm. like that. The but you got this little pen. yeah, and you just figure out what the code is. Yeah, that'd be sweet.
0: Dude, there's oh. eight person ones. so we could we can invest in an eight person tent. Pop-up insulated thermal tent for 260 bucks. And we could have we could li- and dude, these things are so easily collapsible we could have a mobile cigar lounge literally everywhere we went and we could get people to join. And here's the thing. You could charge people like five bucks, five or 10 bucks just so it pays for the tent over like a short period of time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And what if we bought a big ass trailer and we set it up on the trailer and we drive you around (laughs) yeah,
0: until we flip it. I'm pretty sure that's a hazard. I'm pretty sure that's yeah, illegal. Totally. Dude, that would be so fun! Like, here, here's our coordinates, or like, here's clues to our coordinates for Saturday meetup, yeah. and we could just make it like a super random place. You know what I mean? We'll Public sh- or it, whatever.
1: We'll call it the Schmooze Clues, like Blues Clues, but schmoozing. So yeah. you can schmooze with us. Dude, you be gotta so find us. Fun.
0: It would be so fun, man. I'm like really considering buying
1: one of these. It makes me want to go to Cabela's
0: and check them out and see what they're all what I'm about.
1: Man man. Yeah. It's, it's something that would definitely be a very handy, very handy. Yeah. What
0: dude? the one man ones look hilarious. <laughs> they just look like a little cap, like a tiny little capsule. <laughs> Think about how, Oh, it's kind of the one man. The one man ones are kind of sad. They look really depressing.
1: We would have to do like those, like, uh, well, like, Maxwell House coffee cans and, like, yarn in between them so we can talk yeah. to each other.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Because when we set up our mobile lounges, we're going old school. Set down your mobile phones. Turn them off. We don't want any of that shit. We're doing shit old school. Coffee cans, yarn string, you know. You know the only thing on that makes me
0: nervous about it is, like, I got to understand how thick they are because... Could you imagine eight people in one of these, and people just ashing on the ground accidentally, and it just fucking burns a hole through the bottom? <laughs> yeah. Then every then every part of what is supposed to be thermal goes away.
1: I think what we do is we do little yawn like yawn chairs, lawn chairs. There is ventilation windows, by the way, so that is a thing. Sweet, but we make like a really easy to carry like little uh uh like fire pit bowl, if that makes sense. So yeah. we all just sit around this big metal bowl and that's our giant ashtray yeah that'd be cool yeah you can do that that. yeah and most of us sitting around it all that smoke's gonna go up through the yeah
0: there's There's like there's one vent there's four vents on most of them on each side so there's yeah there's a vent it looks like on all four sides yeah dude it's so cool it's so dope man that would be a ton of fun yeah we should do it. We should make the investment. It'll pay itself off. You know, people would join, especially during times of COVID. We could force people to take COVID tests outside the tent. Like, or we'll <laughs> yeah. just have the temperature reader. And it's like, if you're showing any signs of, and be like, fever. yeah, if you got fever or anything like that, you know what I mean? Like, and then you get an eight person man. That would be how cool would that be? Yeah. Get an eight person one of these things or 260 bucks for an eight person.
1: That ain't bad at all.
0: No. I think it sounds like a worthwhile investment. I think so, too. Hey, you want to hear something disgusting? Yeah. So, uh, last night, and obviously I knew that it was going to be a long night, which is why I probably look very tired because I am very tired. Um, we had Carlisle went to bed around like maybe 1230, put him in his cage, and, of course, he whined and cried and cried and cried and cried and I cried know. and then finally yeah. fell asleep. But I wake up, so I set a timer for four o'clock, so three hours. So I want to make sure I get up every three hours to let him out because he's still a puppy. And <laughs> I go into the room <laughs> in my office, by the way, and there's literally shit everywhere like dog shit just like on the walls. <laughs> How is that possible? So it looks like what he did was as he shit in his crate, but then like, it. S- then started tossing it around. Yeah. And yeah. it was kind of solid because there's, like, wood chips and stuff in it because his, um, like, the breeder, you know, since he's, he's outside, like, well, they're not outside. They're inside, like, a heated room, but he uses, like, straw and hay and, like, uh, wood chips for them yeah. to, like, lay in. And they're easier to scoop up for, like, poop and stuff. Oh. But clearly, Carlisle was eating wood chips. So he's, there's wood chip shit literally all over my fucking office. It's on the, it took me 50 minutes to clean shit up. I didn't go back to bed until almost five o'clock. And I walked in and Lauren's like, "He's like, is he good? And I was like, no, no. It's like, not only did he shit and fucking flung it everywhere, but then he peed right in front of me. Just looking at me, takes a piss in the middle of my office. I'm like, God damn it. Oh my God. But we took him out today and he was really good. We took him to Liberty. We took him there last night and he was You could tell, like, he'd never, think about it, he's never seen a car before, he's never seen lights, he's never been around loud people, so he just looked super overwhelmed last night. Like, he just stopped in the middle of the street and was just like, like, he was very overwhelmed, but today we got him out and uh, uh, ran him through Liberty again, got a coffee and just, like, took him and Quincy for a walk, and dude, people were all over those two dogs,
1: and I was like, oh, this is great, so
0: he's already getting, like, really good socialization right now, which is awesome. I think yeah, mom's yeah. come mom's coming over in the morning, I think, to Oh, that's cute. Cool. To take a look at him. Yeah. Yeah, very excited, dude. He's such a cool dog. His paws his paws are like they're already like his paw f- fits the inside of my palm. Aww. And he's twenty pounds. So his paw his dude, he's so oafy. He tried like <laughs> he tried to run earlier and just got out in front of himself too fast. So he just like his front paws went underneath him and just slid on his face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also because he's just so clunky because his legs are so big like he hasn't grown into his giant feet yet so but I taught him to climb stairs which is awesome that didn't take long he was terrified at first yeah. and then I just kept encouraging him and he finally climbed and he's climbed up the back steps and he's climbed up the steps here like he's that big already he's just like walk straight up walk straight down he's a fucking monster hell yeah, yeah. he's gonna be so much fun man He's going to be really fun when he's past his like teenage puppy time, which is going to be atrocious for him. So we've got to be real diligent in our training, but when he's probably about a year and a half old, he's going to be awesome. And he's going to be so big. Like he's, he's going to be way too big. Mm -hmm. Like this steel cage behind me is like the biggest I could buy. And it's not going to be big enough for him long-term. So I'm not sure what the fuck we're going to do, but yeah, he's a monster. Um, anyway, hey, let's get into, we got a review to do, right? We do. What did we review, Chris? Oh, brother. I'm asking Uh, because I legitimately don't remember. Oh, how did I not remember this? It's
1: the Sober Mesa Creme Brulee. Did you say Sober Mesa? Yep. I think it's Sober Mesa. Um, it's where, it's like an AA thing, but basically, um, It's the Sober Mesa. Doesn't Sober Mesa sound
0: doesn't that sound like a treatment facility in like Southern California?
1: That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. Do you have an alcoholism problem? Join Sober Mesa. Yeah. We have a 14-week program to help you get back on your feet.
1: Hi, I'm (laughs) I'm Chris, and every night I drink 10 gin and tonics. I don't know why, but Life is so difficult that I drink myself and and cry myself to sleep, but desperately try to just numb my poor existence. Right. You should join Sober Mesa. (laughs) You're supposed to
0: say, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you sound like you need some fucking help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did. We, uh, we broke down the Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust, Sober Mesa Brûlée Blue. Um, and there's of course, and I just want to call it out now because we're going to talk about it when we get into the flavor profile of it. And I think it's, let me, let me just say by, I'll say it this way. It's a genius marketing element that has been introduced into this lineup um, by Steve Saka. I, and, and the reason I say it's genius is because it's so overly ridiculous. Um, but there is obviously been a lot of skepticism and the fact that the tip of this cigar, meaning right around the cap, has been artificially sweetened. He's come out and say it absolutely has not. But you also have to wonder, creating such controversy around whether it is or isn't has certainly helped sell his product. So there's the marketing piece of it to me where it's like, well, it's his cigar. He can say whatever the fuck he wants. And people are going to yeah. continue buying it wondering, is it or is it not? And that kind of marketing ploy certainly has helped accelerate sales in this particular lineup, both the Sober Mesa Brulee and the Brulee Blue. So I want to say that and I want to put it out there before we actually get into the flavor breakdown of the cigar, but.
1: But, but yeah, I mean, that's so spot on because, you know, he, I me, I heard him mention this. I heard Saka mention this, that this cigar actually was based on one of his favorite creme brulee recipes that he found on Food Network. He's a big Food Network addict. Oh, he's just a big guy, period. <laughs> he's a big food like,
0: addict. <laughs> but hey,
1: would you be okay if I invited someone to actually... Uh, kind of go through with the audience to help make the best creme brulee. Sure. Be okay? yeah. sure. Come here, Randy. Come here. Hi, y'all. Today, we're going to learn how to make the best creme brulee in the world. First, we're going to preheat our ovens at 325 degrees Fahrenheit. I want you to place the cream, vanilla bean and its pulp into a medium saucepan. Set over medium-high heat and bring to a boil. Move from the heat cover and allow to sit for 15 minutes. Remember to remove the billet bean and reserve for another use. Step three. In a medium bowl, whisk together one half cup of sugar and egg yolk until well blended and it just starts to lighten in color. Add the cream a little at a time, stirring continually. Next, you're going to pour liquid into six, maybe seven to eight ounces of ramekins. Place the ramekins in a large cake pan or roasting pan. Pour enough hot water in the pan halfway up the sides of the ramkins. Make sure to bake just until the creme brulee begins to set, but still trembling in the center, approximately 40 to 45 minutes. Next. We're going to remove the ramekins from roasting pan and pan to refrigerate at least two hours and up to three days. You can choose which ones you want to do. I say it tastes better the longer you let it wait in the fridge. And then we're going to remove the creme brulee from the refrigerator for at least 30 minutes prior to browning the sugar on top. Then we're going to divide the remaining half cup of vanilla sugar equally among the six dishes and spread evenly on top. Using a torch, melt the sugar and form a crispy top. I like a real good crispy top. I don't know about you, Cor, but I love a good crispy top. And then we're going to allow the creme brulee to sit for at least five minutes before serving. Enjoy this favorite, most favorite creme brulee recipe from Fruit Network.
0: <laughs> oh, that was great. That was great. Thanks, Randy. Yeah, Randy's awesome. Um, yeah, I don't think you're far off in terms of. Um, Now I don't know this for sure, but I'm just going to speculate that Steve Saka has more than one creme brulee recipe that he's probably made over (laughs) for a period of time.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm sure during the blending process he tried to he tried probably tried several creme brulees to see which one was best for this cigar. You know,
0: he's like, "Fuck this cigar! Just give me more brulees,
1: more (laughs) brulees."
0: Um. All right, so. Getting in the components of the cigar, it's an Ecuadorian Connecticut shade wrapper, Mexican San Andreas binder, and Nicaraguan components in terms of the fillers. It comes in only one Vitola, the Sober Mesa Brulee Blue, obviously. And that's a Corona Gorda six and a quarter by 46. And it comes in at roughly a $15 price point. So, certainly elevated beyond the original Sober Mesa, which I love. Love that cigar to death. And the Sober Mesa Brulee. So, it definitely is a bit heightened in terms of price right at that $15 price range, which is, I would say, super premium in terms of what uh, what you'd be paying. So yeah. with that, let's get into the breakdown of the cigar. Chris, first and foremost, let's get into the construction. What did you think about the construction of your cigar?
1: Yeah. I, you know, it's a good-looking Connecticut, like, shade, right? It's a very pretty – it is a Connecticut, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty Connecticut. I want to say it's a little bit richer in color than most Connecticut's I've seen, meaning it just has a little, I don't know, maybe it has a little more saturation. Maybe it's a little darker. I don't know, but it just looked a little bit atypical, but it was a really pretty looking Connecticut. Had thin wrapper. It, I mean, you could tell it's a thin wrapper. It had mild vintage. great cap structure. Um, Got to say, although the construction was amazing overall, um, and I think what I liked the most, I don't know why, but I love the label. Yeah, there's something, yeah, yeah, yeah. something special about it. You know, there's something special about it. It is but pretty cool. Was, yeah, but I thought it was you know uh, a firm but soft. You know, a good medium squishiness on the <laughs> on the on the cigar. It didn't seem overly packed per yeah. se, but um, I thought it was a really well constructed cigar, just from visual appearance and a little bit of feel. Feel.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with you. I thought the construction was pretty awesome on the cigar. By the way, love the the pigtail cap on it. Um, Mm -hmm. I like pigtail caps and there's, it's actually, there's a legitimate reason. Not only do I think they're cute, um, which maybe that's not a a character attribute you want to call a cigar is cute, but they're just kind of cool looking. Right. And I love a pigtail cap because if you flick that cap off, then you expose just a little bit of that filler, um, and the binder inside and you don't really have to do much as far as cutting. So it's really nice just having a pigtail cap that you can flip off. And boom, you can start smoking. So I actually much appreciate it and I thought it looked pretty dope. Um, yeah. It is kind of a nice light tan color. And I say tan meaning that it. I agree with you in terms of like it seemed to be a little bit more um, full in color than like some other traditional Connecticut shades that we've seen. Um so I quite like that and it's it's kind of got a little bit of that slight fuzz on it which uh-huh. sometimes you see on an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper and sometimes it's a little bit more smooth and and has a bit of a sheen to it but this one was more I'd say matte and fuzzy. Um but I thought the construction overall which is pretty indicative of anything you're going to get from um Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Um <laughs> It's pretty indicative of what you're going to get in terms of, that's one thing I can say about Steve Sack is like, there's nothing that gets produced that goes out into the market that is subpar in terms of those things. You know, the subjectiveness of flavor, that's one thing, but in terms of like construction quality, it's some of the best I've ever seen. So I really appreciate somebody who pays a ton of attention to the things that are, they may not always be at the forefront of your thoughts when smoking a cigar, but you certainly appreciate uh, when, when you smoke a cigar that, that someone doesn't pay as close attention to or doesn't put as much effort into. So I yeah. appreciate it. That it was fucking beautiful.
1: Yeah. Agreed. What'd you think about the burn? All right. Honestly for Connecticut, like, uh I I always find myself having troubles with Connecticut's occasionally. I feel like they burn a little bit weird. They just they run easy. I don't know. They're less oily, right? So they they tend to just burn quicker, harsher more unevenly this one burnt really evenly for me um funny enough and, and the thing is is i was smoking it while out in the elements which is kind of like a tried and true test to any cigar you know like when you're not in the perfect environment because most of us aren't um wives want to kick us out of the house like don't you dare fucking smoke that goddamn cigar here i'm sick of smelling here smelling my car smell like your goddamn cigars you can go outside That's you know true. like so sometimes you got to go outside so um, I said like it would it burn really evenly, even out in the elements. um, and I weirdly felt that the wrapper was deceivingly thicker than most Connecticuts. Like it was like I'm so used to really thin wrappers when it comes yeah. to Connecticuts, and it looked thicker on the burn. And I actually reserved a little bit towards the cap when I was done with it. And I was just like, wanted to see it. I think it was actually a little thicker. <laughs> like I mean, it, it was it, thicker tobacco.
0: It certainly could have been. I mean, I know a lot of times you talk about like Connecticut shade wrappers being, there's a lot of fragility to them because they are so thin. So oftentimes yeah. you get a little bit of nickage and you get some damage on those wrappers because of that. Um, I didn't really notice that or I, I didn't say I didn't notice. It. I just didn't pay attention to it. Yeah. So it's not that something I could speak to, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, from a construction perspective, both of us had already agreed that it was constructed amazingly. So there there wasn't any of, I, there was nothing in mind that indicated any sort of fragile points within the cigar. So it's very possible that it maybe have, may have been either constructed damn near perfectly or might have had a little bit of a thicker wrapper. Yeah. I wouldn't dispute it.
1: That's for sure. Yeah. And I in the for this cigar like I felt like it was a good 2 3 puffer. It didn't take a whole lot of effort to get good smoke production going. Had a nice uh, just the right amount of resistance I felt in the cigar which made it just an easy kind of puff. You weren't you don't really have to think about it when you're drawing from it. Right. And um it produced kind of a really nice medium gray ash that uh, even with it not being as packed as most cigars we smoke where they're just like let's cram as much fucking tobacco in it as we can it actually didn't lend itself to be overly flaky on the ash. Like it still had held together quite well. Yeah. Even with it not being overly bunched in the cigar. So yeah. I felt like it, it, it really hit like a good middle ground. Yeah. I, w- I would ag-
0: I would actually agree with that. It was yeah. kind of the same way, not flaky at all in terms of the ash. Yeah. I mean it. Yeah. It. And also I think one of the best things about the cigar is it held such a good burn line for me. Like that's what yeah. I really liked about it. I'd say in terms of like the draw, I, I think i probably parallel with you a lot um it's nothing like like typically you like get a good draw and good smoke production and it like stands out in your head it's like to this one it was just like it's exactly what it needed to be but not not anything that was like overstated or understated which yeah. is exactly where it needed to be par for the course essentially yep. um but i thought the burn itself and the consistency of the burn you know going along with the exhale of ash is like it was top notch, man. Like the, the consistency of this burn was one of the best I've had in a long time. And if you think about it, we're talking about a six and a quarter, a lot of things go wrong in a six and a quarter, right? Like you, there's certain outages that you may get certain runs within the cigar. This thing burnt evenly consistently the whole time. I never had to touch it up. Never had to relight it. Not one time, just burnt perfectly all the way through. I mean, literally down to just a little nubby nub, nice little finger burner. So the burn was is equally as good as the construction. Yeah, I agree. Now, here's the controversial part and arguably the most important part of how we break these cigars down, which is the flavor. I stated earlier that the controversy around the cigar was a lot of statements from people around the industry saying that there's an artificially sweetened tip on the cigar right at the cap, right? Steve Sack has come out and said, no, that's not it. So then it, it pe- people ponder, well, what could it be? Um, I've had multiple people message me and I actually put out a poll on Instagram that got a ton, a ton of reaction. Like over 60%, 60%, right? 60 to 40 said that, yes, they believe it had an artificial sweetened tip. And there was over 200 people who actually, <laughs> who actually took the poll. So it was a considerable chunk of people in a 24-hour period that said, here's what our opinion is. Um, and 60% of those people, being exactly what would that be? 120% or sorry, 120 people had stated that they felt that it was artificially sweetened tip. And then I got messages from a lot of people. Now, and when I say a lot of people, I don't mean, I don't necessarily mean like, you know, just uh, everyday consumers, but people who are reviewers who have been in the cigar industry for a while or, and also work for manufacturers. Um, that stated there's no way based upon what they know that this could not be artificially sweetened. I'm not going to name who those people are, but that was something that they suggested is that given what they know about fermentation processes and all that, they said there is, of course, has to be a separate flavor induction into the cigar to get that sweetened flavor. There's no part of a natural fermentation process in tobacco that would allow you to do that. So then that begs the question, Is it true? Is it not true? Is it a marketing ploy to get people to continue buying the cigars, to kind of rant and rave about it, to keep it relevant in the industry? Or is Steve Saka telling the absolute truth and stating, there's nothing artificial about it. It's just a part of the process and this is what the outcome was.
1: Yeah. I think uh, Randy, our home chef that uh, made the introduction on the backstory, said it best, which is you can't have a good creme brulee without making it really sweet right you know yep and i struggle with the idea that there is a tobacco out there that i have yet to smoke that produces such a natural cane esque flavor
0: by the way only on the tip of the cigar. Now, only so on the tip. That's, I it, think that's the struggle fades. for a lot of people is that that same flavor does not exist. If you roll your tongue down the remainder of the cigar like you're about to blow it, mm-hmm. you get no artificial sweetened flavors. It's only on one part of the cigar at the head of the cigar. Yep. So what could uh-huh. it be? So I'm, course I'm, I'm going to ask you right now. What is your opinion? Do you think it is an
1: artificially sweetened tip? Mm. i have to imagine yes i really do because it does fade over time too like when you're yeah. when, like so for example like when you're smoking from a cigar right we get a lot of flavor that is imparted from the natural flavors that come with the wrapper and the fillers right right hands right. down like there's flavor that the wrapper gives us which Connecticut's honestly don't give me a whole lot of flavor let's be real yeah i agree and Not then, good flavor, but, at least. Yeah. And then you'll get flavors from the fillers, right? Um, that never really changes, if that makes sense. Like, you, you still have those flavors when you smoke through the entirety of a cigar, right? So if it was natural tobacco, while flavors might change up a little bit, you're still always going to have those nuances present throughout sure. the, the entire cigar, right? So if that tobacco was naturally sweet, Let's just assume that right? The right. tobacco was naturally sweet it is made in a lab. I don't know, maybe China did something I don't know, but if we smoked that from the get go and that tobacco was naturally sweet, we still would have gotten that sweetness right pretty much to the- de- the remainder of the cigar. But I've had enough infused cigars to tell you this: the beginning several draws, like ten draws, are always the sweetest, and what happens in a lot of these infused cigars is that subsides over time because you've re- you've stripped the tobacco, you've stripped the wrapper of all of that infused flavoring. Right. Because you're sucking on it. <laughs> like, right. Like a fucking popsicle. You know yeah. what it
0: reminds me of? Here's what it reminds me of because there's the, the – it, it almost seems like <clears throat> if Steve Saka is saying – if he's telling the truth and saying, okay, this is a part of the natural process and maybe he's stumbled onto something no one else has. This is what I think about in my head. I'm going to show you just a quick depiction and a picture real quick. Yeah. Well, and I remember if you remember this from Pee Wee Herman, but the hot dog growing tree. Yeah. It's like trees don't grow hot dogs, but Pee Wee Herman managed to be a part of a hot dog growing tree. That's kind of what I think about this. Um, I would say ultra sweetened tobacco. It's like you must have created something pretty fucking unique almost unfathomable to get that sort of flavor profile in a cigar and here's the thing too i don't think my taste buds deceive me i i lick as i usually do i just gently lick the tip of the cigar and i go okay that's sweet you know that's that's what that is (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Like the, of, of court. And it, and it does have the weird thing too, is it does have an artificial flavor to, you know what I mean? Like it's an additive, like it's, it's not like a, something it's that, like a
1: fructose. Like, yeah, was...
0: it doesn't feel like something that's naturally part of the cigar because I'm, I'm able to lick just the end of it and get that only flavor on my tongue. Right. I'm not mm-hmm. getting anything else. So it's, there's no part of it to me that seems that it could ever be part of a natural part of tobacco. And that's me. I'm not being skeptical. I'm just saying that's the experience I got, and I can't in my head fathom there's any uh, there's anything else that it could be it just doesn't make sense
1: could the so, glue be flavored
0: it could be it could be why why couldn't it be I mean you' you're, it's on the cap, you're, you're using it you're it using it natural it's it's a natural glue that you use for you know for cap placement anyways you would you to could band swing other that parts. Up. Of course. I mean, we we were thinking in our heads what the different process could be. There's people that threw out, well, maybe it's aged in a certain barrel and all that. And I said, yeah, I mean, we, we could come up with certain uh, hypotheses as far as what it could be. But also at the same time, you have to dispel some of those as well. And like it being part of a barrel would also play into the idea that like what we talked about earlier is that you would get that flavor through the, all of the wrapper on the cigar, right? Not just a one small piece or component of it. Yeah. So to me it seems as though there's something else, but I will say that there's again no part of it to me that tastes natural at all. Um in, in terms of it being just a natural part of the process. So Yeah. Who knows? So I don't know until Steve Saka's I mean, he's already said that it's it's not, but um I think people I think people want proof. Yeah. <laughs> I think people literally want to go, okay, then show me. You know what I mean? Pro- prove me wrong.
1: Yeah, but don't do that Arroyo bullshit and said, hey, you remember those fucking cigars we did? Like, Oh, five no, you years mean ago?
0: Avo. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Bravo, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, they're the same
1: ones. Trick you. They're the same ones. It's like, what the fuck? It's like, no, you didn't oh. trick anyone. They're still terrible. Yeah. But the question remains, sweetened, unsweetened, natural or unnatural? Is it good? Does it taste good? Yeah. I will say this. Definitely sweet. Something seems unnatural about it. Just like the idea that demons walk this earth. That's unnatural to me. Right? It's unnatural. Yeah, of course. I think it's, well, actually, I was about to say something that's extremely, would get me in trouble. Actually, here's the thing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I definitely think it's sweetened. Okay? Sure. But. Once you even get past that, which does make for an interesting, sweet initial draw, which is very inviting for a new smoker, in my opinion, it'd be a very inviting. Now, I don't know if you're going to pay $15 for it, but it is a very inviting flavor to start with for a new smoker that doesn't like heavily bold cigars. But once even that subsides, there are some very pronounced flavors that you do get out of this cigar. Such as earthy and woodiness and a mild pepperness. Um, to me, it felt very Cubanesque. I don't know if you felt the same way about that, but it f- had this Cubanesque feel to it. Yeah. And flavor to it that I was like, oh, okay, I kind of dig that. It was it was generally a milder cigar. Yeah, like, through and through.
0: I do agree with you, except for I think the there are some flavor components there that remind me of a Cuban style cigar, except that the impact of strength is flipped. Typically what I get in a Cuban cigar is a more mild beginning and more of a ramp up over time in terms Mm -hmm. of like strength and and bolder flavors. To me, this cigar was opposite of that. I got a lot of impact, like great impactful flavors up front. And then to me, it seemed to tame out over time. So it's almost the adverse of what I would get in a traditional cuban cigar but i think from a flavor profile perspective yeah i think i think it does have some um similar characteristics for sure
1: yeah and for me like there wasn't any drastic changes but i will say there was a gradual change to the cigar yeah it started off sweet with this earthy woodiness with a very very mild pepperness that mild pepperness kind of held there for a while i feel like it did subside a bit and i actually got more bitterness out of the cigar towards the latter half than i did actually get in the beginning i don't know if that's indicative of the sweetness going away um or the natural flavor of a connecticut coming through yeah. <laughs> i don't know uh, which tend to be more harsh towards the end of a good like any connecticut they yeah. tend to be I've, I've there are exceptions don't get me wrong i've had some really good connecticuts that will last the entire time and they're like yeah that's great but most of them, they get harsher towards the end. And I did get a little bit more of that harshness towards the end yeah. uh, of this Connecticut. But all in all, I I liked it. Like it yeah. wasn't like an overly impactful, bold cigar like you might typically see me smoke and enjoy or choose. Yeah. But it was definitely a nice little change up for me just to try something that is a little bit out of my normal wheelhouse. And then be questioning whether or not the fucking thing was artificially flavored.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I was, I would say that, um, from a flavor perspective, just even in the beginning, uh, just having a little bit of that introduction of like pepper and some of the bold flavors. And maybe, maybe I could say, and would agree with like that sweetness does add a certain component to the cigar that makes it, um, I don't want to say more enjoyable, but definitely different than what you would traditionally get. So maybe it is just a combination of flavors that I would say made sense to Steve Saka through the blending process. I did not like it. I thought actually the flavors up front were pretty delicious. I did like how, you know, some of that sweetness on the tip goes away over a period of time. And I like the more natural flavors. Um, I think it did add kind of an interesting element to it, but not at the very front, almost as that begins to subside is when it starts for me, it starts to get a little bit better in terms of balance. Um, but I agree that the the cigar does kind of tame out a bit, especially as you get into the halfway point. So at the 50% mark, to me, the flavors did change. It, to, it comes more smooth and nutty to me and kind of has a an earthiness with a combination of wood, which, which I really like. I actually start to like that combination more and more over time. Um, but I thought that there's a little bit of a degradation in flavor as the cigar goes on. So it's really in-your-face, bold, impactful up front. And begins to kind of taper off through the remainder of the cigar. And what I really mean is like how how forward the flavors are. Um, it just it seems to kind of dissipate as you move towards the end of the cigar. But I like the flavors overall. And I will say this: um, I thought it was pretty contrasting, um, but not anything that's just like if I'm if I'm comparing it to like we talk about like okay, a cigar can take you on a roller coaster ride. Like there's the ebbs and flows, right? There's all these change-ups, and there's a swirl, and there's the loop. Think about it like a kiddie roller coaster. Yeah, you get some like swooping turns, but they're not huge, and you're not going too fast. And you get some hills, but they're not too high. You know what I mean? You're not coming off the hill too quickly. Um, It just seemed to be a little bit more tame in terms of those things, but I thought the flavors were good. Good contrasting flavors. But to me, it's still a Connecticut shade, and I just can't get it. There's, like, very few that I like. So Mm. it's not my favorite, but I really did think it was good. But I would argue, like, uh, one of the reasons why I think the uh, Black Label Trading Company Porcelain is so good is because you have these very fucking bold, rich, like, great fillers in that cigar. Like, just super flavorful, and then you have the more mild, sensible wrapper and I always thought that cigar created such a good balance. For this one, I think it was, um, it, I mean, to me it seemed very intentionally done in terms of it being produced in, in certain, flavor pro, the certain flavors that it imparts. It's just not my favorite. Um, for me, if I'm going to have like a lighter shade style wrapper that is supposed to be a little bit more mild, I want it balanced out by something that's going to be more in your face. Because to me, that creates a good balance and flavor combination. So in yeah. this... It's like, yeah, it was pretty good, but to me it's still a it's still a Connecticut, which is never gonna be my favorite. It's like the best Connecticut I'll ever score will never be as high as um some of the cigars that I think are just outstanding in terms of if we're talking about, you know, um, like Connecticut Broadleaf, or we're talking about Mexican San Andreas wrappers, or we're talking about like Ecuadorian Habano. Like those cigars to me in the flavors they impart are always gonna be elevated at a different level. It's almost like a Connecticut can only get so good and so good is never going to achieve the highest marking score for me. I just had too many of them to, I just know by now like what I like and what I don't like. But I would say in terms of like, if I had to, if I had to rank this one would definitely be closer to the top. It's not my top ranking Connecticut shade, but it's, it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I th- I thought it was pretty solid. I I really did like the Cuban esque vibe that it gave me for a good portion of the smoking experience, which is like I said, a nice departure for me from what I typically smoke, which is very bold, right. robust flavor profile right. that leaves your palate going. Well, I'm done for the day. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, yeah, it just like got kicked in the teeth, right? Yeah. Um. So this begs a question: knowing what we know about, and we both agree that there seems to be something artificially. Done to the to the tip of the cigar, right at the cap structure, Um, that you know, mirrored with it. It is a Connecticut shade cigar. We know that this comes at a pretty elevated price point of fifteen dollars per this one vitolo, which is the only one that's produced in the Brulee Blue. So, what do we think about the pricing? Fifteen dollars for Connecticut shade with a little sweet tip on it. Is it worth it? Is it not worth it?
1: I think, I think the price is. As artificial as the sweetened cap on it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, I think it's a bit steep. I do. Um, it, it's, it's definitely, there's no doubt in my mind that Dunbarton makes some well-worthy 10 and up cigars. Um, I don't think this is one of them. Uh, sure. And it's just, I think, a personal preference, really even though i like the departure and change up it gave me compared to what i normally smoke but i am in agreement with you i struggle i struggle with Connecticut's. i really do and i desperate like and i'm still always open to trying them and, yeah, s- me too. and smoking them i've
0: been smoking too many of them in effort to try to find one yeah. that really blows my mind
1: yeah. And I, I still just struggle and I, I don't know why it like lacks flavor. And then maybe that's why it was sweetened. I don't
0: know. <laughs> I know that's uh, what I was, that's what I was suggesting earlier was that it was trying to achieve uh, a quite different balance than what you would get. in some of the other ones that are on the marketplace. And sometimes yeah. maybe you have to go outside the traditionalism of creating a cigar to really make something that is uniquely different in terms of a Connecticut shade cigar. So it's kind of like, yep. that, that's what I was suggesting earlier
1: yeah so that said i mean i thought i there's no there's no doubt in my mind dumbart makes great cigars great cigars oh yeah um this one i think is a little bit a little too steep, maybe a little too uh uh limited edition in, yeah. so to speak yeah. that yeah. is maybe the reason it's fifteen dollars yeah. um that said i i had to give it a pricing ne- like a a pricing like deficit. Uh, right. just because I, I feel like it's a bit steep, Now it is a six and a quarter cigar. Don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a pretty lengthy cigar. Um, but that's still steep for, for most cigars you can get at that price point. Like you, you can get some amazing cigars at that price point that are either bigger, better flavor wise. Oh, yeah. Um, I just felt like it, it probably feels more 10 or 11 to me. Um, and so, yeah, I, 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 I think it was, I think it's a little too high, highly priced.
0: Yeah, I would agree. And I'll, I'll make, I'll kind of make two statements in terms of my opinion on where the price is at. So one will be in comparison to other things that have, are made under the Dumbarton line, um, which are some of my favorite cigars, like the tricky Traca. I absolutely love that cigar. Super highly rated from us. I thought it was hands down one of mm-hmm. the best cigars he's produced. Right. So, you have like the Tricky Traco, which is, I think you can get them for like nine bucks in some places, even less than that. Amazing cigar. You've got the Umbagog, which is more of the value cigar, which is still amazing cigar at like, like seven bucks, it. right? You get the regular, the, tr- the first Sober Mesa cigar that came out, and you get that around the 750 to 950 price point. And that cigar is amazing. You also have Sincomp, which is going to come in similar pricing to this cigar, right around the fifteen dollars range. And Sincomp is one of the best cigars that I mean, from a popularity per se, it's not my favorite in the lineup. But if you were to pull the people out in the cigar industry and say Sincomp versus everything else in the Dunbarton lineup, it's probably going to be ranked the highest. So there's that piece of it. I go, I could argue probably four other cigars um, that have been produced in the Dumbarton lineup that I think are better than this cigar. Then you got to compare it to what other Connecticut's exist on the marketplace. I already named one of my favorite, which is the porcelain by black label trading company. And there's some that I've had recently that I've really liked really do kind of have that harsh ending that just drives me nuts. I think part of it, like my quest, can you continue smoking Connecticut cigars is to find one that doesn't end harshly. <laughs> it's been yeah. a very tough challenge to yeah. do. But to me, it just, it's kind of just layered in with the other Connecticut cigars that I had. There's nothing to me other than the controversy and the sweet tip that stands out beyond, you know, what we currently have, you know, at this at this particular point on the marketplace. It's just, there isn't enough for me to say like, this is such an outstanding Connecticut shade cigar that it elevates beyond everything else. It just doesn't. It's just kind of in the mix with everything else. And it also has a sweet little tip on it. Yep. That's it. I mean, I just, it, 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 there's nothing beyond that for me. Um, so I just, you know, in terms of the pricing, $15 is it, it's, it's, it's too, too, it's value too high. Um, so I gave it a pricing Delta. I do agree with you that like given the Vitola and I'll even give it, I'll give it some a bonus points in terms of it. Like, Hey, this is, this is a limited edition cigar. Um, so even from a production perspective, taking that in consideration for the pricing, I'd say $10 would be very perfect, but I think about other cigars that are like 15 bucks and I'm like, yeah, it's just so many that I can name <laughs> at a $15 price point. I'd like much rather have that, 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 that. It doesn't mean I don't like the cigar. I just think there's so much more out there. That's just a lot better. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Totally that's, fair. that's my opinion. Totally so, fair. so
0: all things considered, we both gave it a pricing delta. Um, perhaps we need to text each other or Mm, I can text you because I think I know about, I think this may be the first time, um, the first time in quite a long time where I think we're going to be very close to each other and I'm going to give you a rounded up number. So you let me know with a nod of your head. How close am I?
1: Hold on. I'm sending it to you right now.
0: Oh, I just sent it to you too. Oh, so we were pretty close. We were yeah. pretty close, um, and that that actually breaches that breaches a mark for us. It's tethering the line between two recommendations, but ultimately we'll receive the recommendation of highly recommended based yeah. on the score, which yeah. is awesome. I do think it is a really good cigar, and we're saying highly recommended because it is a good cigar, and you got to give it props for what it is, in, in terms of being a Connecticut, and probably, um, I would say. In the mix of a lot of others, but certainly, I mean, it's a good cigar. You can't discount that. So um, for me, I think where this cigar stood out the most is in everything that wasn't the flavor. I think for Connecticut cigars, one of the better constructed cigars I've seen, and I always say, and I will tout this to the end of time, a great burn experience on the cigar, a cigar that you can smoke with no challenges. There's no thought. You don't have no disruptions. There's no... Um, There's no having, you know, no relight attempts, no touch-ups or anything like that. You can smoke that experience. You can take that hour and a half, two hours, whatever the the time marker is without literally any disruption. To me, there's so much that I think you need to give in terms of a score and those components because they really do truly make for a great smoking experience. So I think where the cigar shined was in the production and the burn and where I, you know, in terms of flavor, thought it was good. Didn't think it blew my mind. So, you know, from from a recommendation perspective, I think a lot of this is just kind of on the shoulders of how well this cigar was made.
1: Yeah, ditto. Because keep in mind, I always have troubles with Connecticut's. To put this back in perspective of how good the construction of this was and how good the burn of it was, which Corey's already said it. I'm saying ditto. I mean, I smoked this in 30 degree weather, outside, yeah. on a patio. At 1030 at night. Yeah. And had zero issues with the yeah. construction and burn. Yeah. Zero. You
0: were you were there when I smoked the one that I smoked and it was a windy day. I mean, yeah. there's wind zipping through. And yeah. I never had one issue. I mean, even I was shocked. I was like, well, there's no way this is going to last, especially for being, you know, six and a quarter in length. It's like, there's no way this is going to last. There's going to be a point in time where I'm going to have, there's going to be a pit and I'm going to have to relight. And it never happened. It just never yep. happened. And it's like, for me, it's like, God, you got to give, you got to give good points to an organization who really pays attention to the production quality of what they put out there. Um, flavor yeah. is obviously very right. important, but those two things can really help elevate a cigar score from us and a recommendation based upon just the quality of what you're getting. So I think yep. that's really where the cigar shined.
1: Yep. Agreed.
0: Um, All right. I'm exhausted. I'm desperate in need of a fucking nap. I keep drinking coffee and I'm just, there's not enough. There's not enough. Yeah, I
1: feel you. I feel you. Yeah, it's been rough. Life is crazy, huh? <laughs> it's so crazy.
0: Yeah. you have like a new kid and I have like two new dogs and both of us are glutton for punishment. I feel like. Uh, it's. I was like, oh, let's get this. <laughs> the, hey, what was I hey. thinking in terms of like. I'm like I'm going to get this dog. That one is going to be a challenging puppy. 2 is going to be one of the biggest dogs on earth. 3 they notoriously are hyperbonded to their to their human companions, which means they don't really typically like other people. So you have to socialize the fuck out of them. Uh, and they're natural guard dogs and protect protectors. So it's like and it, you can come up with, ton, like, you can come against a bunch of adversity walking a Cane Corso down the street if another dog approaches. And now, I'm not saying gets aggressive, but maybe lunges and maybe it's just, like, Cane Corso will fucking, they will shred other dogs. They will literally murder them. So it's like, I got the most challenging dog I could possibly fucking get during the winter time. I'm like, what am I thinking?
1: But, yeah, well, we have something in common. They're both shitting everywhere. Yeah, that's true. That's true.
0: I should probably use the same since mine's full of fucking wood chips. I should probably come borrow some of those little suction tips that you have so I can get him to fucking stream some poop out.
1: although oh, the, the Wendy's?
0: Yeah, yeah, the Wendy's. He may need dude, he may need some of those. He's got a lot of wood in his shit last night, dude. I was like, God damn, dude. There's wood chips everywhere. I was like he's shitting sawdust. It's weird. <laughs> but anyway, all right. Um let's wrap up. Yeah. I thought this was a, this is a good one. And, and we're going to continue trying to make some headway uh, in some of the 2020 releases. I mean, that that's pretty much the commitment to the end of the year. So, anybody who's wanted to be a part of the podcast in terms of interview, if you're a manufacturer, listen to this, I'm sorry. We've had to cl- decline a few uh, going into the, end of the year because right now we're just, we're literally a matter of weeks away to the end of the year and we've got to buzz through some 2020 um, cigars want to make sure we get through the majority of what's on the list, at least as far as like big releases, or I would say new releases. I don't mean like a different Vitola and a a lineup. A lot of that is what 2020 has been. I'm talking new cigar releases. We're trying to get through those um, so we can kind of compile a list as we make our way into the new year and say, okay, what was the best of 2020? So that's what we're really going to be concentrating on from now to the end of the year, um, which will be both in written review form and will also be on the podcast. So
1: yeah, for sure.
0: And we do have something, and we've said it before, very exciting coming up. And it will be the exception to the rule in terms of what we do on a podcast. So we will have a very unique podcast coming up, which will include guests, um, but for a very specific reason. Yep. So my little my little teaser for that. Um, you can visit our show, let me reverse,
1: record the whole, listen, we do one take. So let's record this whole fucking episode again. Yep. Fuck it. All right.
0: Let's hit the stop button. Over. Um, you can visit our show sponsor, my cigar pack at mycigarpack.com unique and new to my cigar back over the recent few months is get the factory direct stuff. Um this month featured Adventura. I've smoked the cigars in that Factory Direct pack. I already like their cigars to begin with. I think they're really fucking delicious. Um and the Factory Direct stuff, which is a lot less expensive in terms of price of cigar, is really, really, really good. So I highly recommend um making sure you subscribe to My Cigar Pack so you can get some of the factory direct stuff and everything that was in the My Cigar Pack. Um, the, the samples that we received were really good in the month of November. So check them out, www.mycigarpack.com. You can also check out our website, which is www.hotticketweekly.com for reviews, news, and more. We've got our videos posted up there, um, which you can see and have visibility to. We've got our reviews. There was two that we released last week, didn't release anything this week. Um, but there should be two that I'll be able to release in this coming week, um, which will be both 2020 cigars again as we rifle through that so make sure you check out everything on the website and you can get this podcast <laughs>
1: anywhere <laughs> everywhere <laughs> in fact anywhere in fact we're looking into to figure getting uh interpreters uh to do it in spanish and um, oh
0: speaking of not even interpreters <laughs> did you see the lady who faked who faked the um the sign language I forget uh-uh. what it was for. I can't remember if it was a press conference or it was a concert or something, but there's a lady who faked sign language and she looked so convincing and real. And then somebody, somebody who was deaf was like, that's not real. She's not even doing it. She's not even doing it. And then finally she admitted. She's like, yeah, no, I was just asked to come up here to make it look, to make it look like we were signing.
1: Oh my God. She had no
0: fucking clue. She was sitting there like doing the hand motions and like, she was finally called out for it. And she was like, oh yeah, I was asked to come up here and just kind of fake my way.
1: the real real interpreter canceled. How fucking
0: funny is that? I forget what it was. I thought it was like, I thought it was like important, like something in the news. Um, I can't remember. I'll send it to you later if I can find it. Uh, It was really funny though, because when you, (laughs) when you look through it, you're like, she's just so convincing. Like she's just (laughs) very, oh no, here is sign language interpreter criticized for police uh for police yeah that's what it was a police uh press conference that's exactly what it was phony sign (laughs) hold on oh man i don't know how well video plays on zoom but uh let's see well let's we'll end it i'll end it after this but let's see if we can share it you tell me you tell me if this goes through well it's the lady
1: on the left
0: of course Jeez, that's loud that's so loud
1: those ads man those ads
0: I'm to listen to the ads. Uh-huh. Here we go. Here we go. That's her. <laughs> that's her on the left. Look at her. She's warming her digits up. An and the Our detectives <laughs> are currently working.
1: <laughs>
0: None of that's real.
1: Four of and four delivered gibberish. Signs, and I wasn't able to understand what she was saying.
0: Oh, there was He's someone who was deaf right in attendance.
1: There. And the interpreter was signing in a way that was incomprehensible. <laughs> <laughs> incomprehensible. <laughs> uh, dude, how funny is that? She doesn't skip a beat, though. I like how she does this in the beginning. <laughs> She's like, I like I don't the, hand.
0: She's like, I, you know what? I really need to fucking warm up for this. She's just like, let's get these digits ready because we're going full force, baby. <laughs> It's like, like, have you ever seen a sign language interpreter, like warm up their hands before they do it?
1: (laughs) Yeah. What if she just like this? (laughs) And she was just like. (laughs) (laughs) Two people talking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that great? Oh man. I was dying laughing when I first saw it. I knew it was something important. I was like, it's a press conference of something. It was fucking police department. They just she just faked it. The whole no, there's no idea what she was doing. They're they probably so- like, hey, there's a deaf lady in the office, and if we don't have something for her, like they thought that that was the best idea was just to fake it till you make it. Like the lady wasn't gonna know, like, cause she doesn't yeah. know sign language, she's fucking deaf. They're like, yeah. It's way more egregious if we don't have someone on staff doing this. So yeah. let's put someone on staff who can fake it the whole time.
1: Yeah, like what were you thinking? They- Fucking shot him in the head. (laughs) It was armed robbery. It was armed and dangerous. (laughs) We saw the we
0: we saw the perpetrator fleeing the scene. We saw them fleeing the scene.
1: <laughs> dude. So dude, funny. I still so want to apply for one of those. <laughs> <laughs> we can do
0: it. It's too great. It's too great. I fucking died laughing when I saw that. Oh, I thought that. Okay. So that was a great way to end the episode. I think yeah. that's, that's fucking hilarious. All right. Well, I got some editing to do. So um, it looks like it's still sunnier <laughs> there than it is here. It looks like it's, it's not. Oh, I think maybe it's just your camera trying to adjust. Yeah. Like, well, it looks like it's less dark. Like here, it's like the sun is like almost down. So
1: it's real cloudy.
0: All right. Well, until next week. Yeah. Until next time. Um. This will conclude episode 174. Dude, it's crazy. Yep. We're almost at 175. 200's coming up. Like we got to be yeah. prepared for that. That's going to be in like the next four or five months. Yeah. We're going to have to prepare something big for it.
1: Gotta do something bicentennial based. But yeah,
0: I agree. Well, we should just probably figure out something. Yo, yeah, you we <laughs> should do. Not that it's gonna matter. Cause five, five months from now, it's gonna be kind of warm again, maybe. But maybe we get our ice tent and we go somewhere super remote and record very remote, like out in the middle dope. of nowhere. That'd, that'd be, be fucking dope. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. All right. Um this will conclude episode 174. We'll be back at you next week with episode 175. See you everyone. Thanks everybody for listening to this episode of the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Let me tell you how you can get a hold of us. You can get a hold of myself at the hot ticket pod on Instagram. You can get a hold of Chris at hot ticket chris on Instagram as well. You can find this podcast, it is available all over the place, you can find it on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more, and you can find the podcast available on video on YouTube, look up The Hot Ticket Weekly on YouTube, and you can watch all the fun happen before your eyes. Thanks everybody for listening to this episode, and as always, please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes if you could, and check out our show sponsor, My Cigar Pack, at www mycigarpack.com. Again, thanks for listening. We'll be back at you next week.